This week on the podcast, I had Heather Hart, a runner and running coach and someone who I have followed basically since I learned ultra running was a thing. Because if you go onto any internet source and start looking for ultra running, you are going to fairly quickly find someone following one of her free plans from Relentless Forward Commotion. And as much as I hope someday to have her back on to talk about those things, today we are talking about safety. And I gave a much longer intro, preamble, whatever you want to call it, in the podcast itself, so I'm not going to take up too much time here. But suffice to say that everyone could find something to learn and benefit from in this episode. Yes, based on when this is being released, right after the Eliza Fletcher murder, I'm sure it's safe to assume that we are going to discuss safety for women while running. But we're also going to discuss safety on trails and just safety from mountain lions and ways to stay safe while we're doing the thing that we love. If you feel really safe and do a great job of prep and planning and pay a lot more attention to it than I do, then that's fantastic. But the whole goal here is to help people stay safer, no matter who you may be. As I'm going to say again in about two or three minutes, the whole goal for both Heather and I, in general, is to help people do hard stuff outside. And if this helps anybody feel a little better about doing hard stuff outside, then we've achieved our goal. We try to take a very level approach to a very complicated topic at times. And end of the day, I just hope you get something out of this and that it makes your life a little better. And if it makes somebody else's life a little better, please share it with them. Let's get on with it. Welcome to the Eat Well, Sleep Great, Run Far podcast. My name is Will Franz, and I'm here to help you go farther, faster, and longer without injuries, gut problems, or giving up your favorite foods. Today on the podcast, I have Heather Hart. She is a running coach, exercise physiologist, and creator of Relentless Forward Commotion. Heather is someone I've followed for almost as long as I've been in the running world, because as many of you probably know, as soon as you join some ultra running Facebook group and like get into this space, it's damn near guaranteed that at least one person in there will be following one of her free online running programs. And I just told her this, but like I've learned a lot from her blog. And when I reached out to another running influencer, for lack of a better term, to talk about running safety, she recommended that I contact Heather. And Heather responded immediately and was more than kind enough to come on the show. So thank you for being here. And I'd love to like you to introduce yourself and say a little bit about you and what you're doing here. Sure. Um, yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm happy to, you know, I'm always happy to talk about running in general, but especially um topics that are currently at the front of our minds. But um, so yeah, like you said, I'm I'm Heather Hart. Um, I've been, oh gosh, I've been in the blogging, like running blog industry since about 2009. Like I'm a I'm a grandma here in that kind of <laughs> in that world. Um I'm an exercise physiologist, um, certified strength and um, conditioning specialist, and my husband and I own Heart Strength and Endurance Coaching. So we have That's a awesome. team. Um, yeah, like, ooh, what are we at? 10, 10 coaches. Oh, yeah. um, and, you know, we mainly work with ultra runners, but we work with a lot of different athletes. So it's a really cool, um, cool job to have. I love it. <laughs> really cool. Yeah, I, I agree. couldn't agree more, very honestly. So I just want to say, like, couple things before we get started um not to use to the audience we're going to talk about running safety yes this was spurred by the recent eliza fletcher murder no i don't think the only people who need to hear this are women and very honestly i should have done this fucking months ago like when i knew many months ago my whole goal all the time is to help people enjoy doing hard things outside and if people don't feel safe outside they're less likely to go do those hard things and the reason I haven't done it before now is that it's a huge blind spot for me. Personally, I've never felt unsafe or targeted for who I am as a person. Nobody has ever harassed me for my sex or gender or orientation or skin color in any way that has ever made me feel unsafe. Annoyed, sad, frustrated, not unsafe. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the men I know are in a pretty similar boat and very few of them worry about their own safety 
at least regularly. And an appreciable amount of the women I know do worry about their own safety for the sole reason that they're women, at least, you know, once a week. So I really wanted to have a woman come on to talk about this in a way that I just can't relate to very well. And I'm sure some men can. I can't. So I'd love to have more women on the show anyway, because I think the coaching world's a little too skewed toward the male perspective. But that is one of the reasons I brought Heather on. And two, we're not saying necessarily like you are not safe. And I am, but I don't want to be alarmist about it. You know, like as many people point out a line in this conversation, like there's danger in everything. Like one of the most dangerous things you can do is drive. And most of us do that on a daily basis. That is why we take safety classes. And if you already feel safe when running, I'm not here to preach at you. And I doubt Heather is either. But if you or someone you know doesn't feel safe, then hopefully some of this is helpful. And third, I've seen an appalling amount of vitriol about this in the past few days for anyone who even like dares to discuss this topic. A local runner here in Utah, Bart Lee, made an Instagram post. And he got some pretty hateful comments for a variety of reasons, and none of them made sense to me. On one hand, somebody basically said the equivalent of like, we're never safe, grow up. And on the other hand, somebody attacked him for using the phrase our women when he clearly meant women of the running community. And so if we're pissed about us talking about this, please stop listening to it. There's better things you can do with your day than listen to a couple of personal trainers talk about topics that will make you angry. And if you listen to it anyway and get mad, message me. I am happy to talk with you for all all day about anything. I was a philosophy major. I believe in having long discussions about shit that pissed people off. But if you, you know, try to do this in the comment section, it's just going to be deleted. So message me. I'll talk all day. Do not harass Heather for being kind enough to come on and help. And here we go. So Heather, with that preamble, like I would love you to talk a little bit about safety with running and how you feel about it and anything you have to say. Sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, the first thing I really want to want to talk about and address is kind of along the lines of what you were just saying. Um, there is a lot of anger and hurt in the community right now, and there's a lot of fear. And and I think a lot of it's coming from so many different directions. Um, as a woman who has been running for, um, you know, really since I was a teenager, but more more structured running at least the last 16 years, um, this is nothing new. I, I don't think that men realize, you know, how, um, we women as a whole, we don't often go out no matter where we are, whether it's our neighborhood or a trail, or even, you know, working out in the gym without the expectation that we might be catcalled, we might be harassed. We might be followed. This is kind of just an, an unfortunate inherent part of being a female runner. So I think mm -hmm. that there's certainly a, a good bit of anger, um, from women. And I don't want to speak for all women, but that, that all of a sudden there's this attention to the topic and we're like, well, where, where have you been? Where, you know, now, now people want to talk about it, but where have you been this whole time? Yeah. You know? Um, so there's that. And, and, you know, and then we, of course we've got the um, for lack of better terms, the mansplaining going on all of a sudden, you know, men telling us, well, you shouldn't be out at this time of day. Well, you shouldn't be wearing this or you should turn on yeah. your watch or you should turn off your watch or you should do this or you should do that. And it's like, you think we haven't thought of this, <laughs> you know? Um, so, you know, I, I think it's, it's super tragic what happened. Um, yeah. and it's, it's unfortunate that we have to have these conversations, but we do have to have these conversations. And, um, the best case scenario would be that we could be like, Hey guys, stop it. You know, like, let's just, cut the shit like that why are we doing this and and i've had so many comments from women even on posts i've made who say this like we should not be held responsible for our safety you know we shouldn't have to stress about this every time we go for a run it should be on men to stop hurting and harassing women but the reality is is that's not going to happen you know I, I mean i would love to sure. say that could just happen i have two sons myself two teenage boys that i'm trying to raise to be respectful you know men and and um but the reality is humans are inherently bad at times and and that there's always going to be dangerous bad situations out there so we we have to be prepared um so it's a great time to kind of talk about all of this um 100% yeah yeah and and one other thing you know if we're going to get all the get it all out of the way here at the beginning is, you know, I, 
also want to point out that there was a huge, you know, media outcry for this most recent murder. But again, this is not the first. And we've had, you know, Thank women you. of color, indigenous women, like we've had yeah. so many other instances where there were, you know, whether it was harassment or violent attacks or death that did not get this media. So again, this is happening. It's it's here. Um, so <laughs> I want to kind of talk about this, you know, coming from the point of view, again, as a woman, um, I like to consider myself like a, a tough badass woman like i do hard I mean, things right you know I think, like i, I think very few people fun. would disagree with you on that but <laughs> yeah. well, um you know it, it's it we a lot of us in the running community i think think that way like we do hard things and so we think we're really tough and in a situation sure. like this we think to ourselves like well if it happened to me you know i'm gonna fight back or i'm gonna i'm gonna do this or i'm gonna do that or whatever um but the reality is that when when these situations happen, you often don't know how you're going to react, right? Like, um, yeah. I don't know if you've ever, as you know, as a coach and a trainer, if you've ever had this situation, but to kind of go on a side note here, um, how many times have we had to take CPR classes? Like every two years, over and over and over. Like we know yep. what to do in the back of our mind, but have you ever been in a situation where you've had to provide CPR? Nope. It's terrifying. I had right. um, about, you know- Have you five, had to? Yeah, well, so about five years ago, I was working in a gym five or six years ago, and I was doing a new member orientation. And I was, you know, taking this guy through like the most basic, like, here's how to use this machine, here's how to use that machine. And, and he had filled out all the paperwork, everything was clear, you know, there was no reason for me to suspect that anything could happen. Um, He had like a major cardiac event, huge, like he was talking to me. And then just like that, he was on oh, the floor. Wow dead like he was done and it was the scariest thing that had ever like I had ever seen I panicked thank yeah. goodness there were two women who were retired air force nurses I think right there and they That's were like panicked. they went right into you know they hopped right into action and, and long story short the man lived thank goodness you know he lived um but it was not what I ever pictured I would do I never thought that like if that situation happened that I'd be the one to freeze and and just not act and Absolutely. I think, yeah. And so I think the same goes for, um, for these safety issues. Like we can say all day long, like if this happens to me, I'm going to fight back, but are you really, do you have that training? So, um, the first thing I recommend for, you know, especially women, but men as well is self-defense courses and not just you know, watching a cute little video online or, or these things that mean well, but like actual hands-on make you uncomfortable kinds of courses. Um, totally you know, agree. Yeah. Like with, if, if your self-defense course doesn't make you uncomfortable, you're in a bad self-defense course. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I, uh, I did martial arts for years. Uh, oh yes. Yeah. Better part of a decade. And like those courses should be unpleasant. Yeah. Not, not you shouldn't feel dangerous, but it should be unpleasant. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I've, I've taken a couple, um, and I've been in situations where people are, you know, they are pulling my hair, they are in your face. And it's, yep. even though in the back of your mind, you know, I am completely safe right now. This is not real. This is a training situation. Um, it's still scary. It's really yeah. kind of uncomfortable and scary, but like anything we do, the more you practice this, the more you're faced with these uncomfortable situations, the more that becomes almost second nature. So if you find yourself in that situation, you react the way you should and you don't freeze up and panic. So, um, you know, I've you were involved in martial arts. I'm sure you have some great recommendations for courses. Um, you know, the only the one I know off the top of my head that was recommended um, by uh, friends who is a police officer is the, um, the RAD rape, what is it? Rape aggression, rape aggression defense. There we go. I want to make sure I get that right. right. And I know like here where I live in Myrtle beach, um, the police departments routinely offer that for free to community members. Yep. So um, I think that there's different levels or different types. Like there can be all women's classes or like seniors or teenagers. So um, yeah. Do you know of any other ones that you would recommend? I know a little bit from the like martial arts world. I actually really like that, that one. And I okay. would say, um, first start wherever you need to start to start feeling comfortable. 
And then second, you should probably get to a point where you're surrounded with people that kind of make you uncomfortable. So if it needs for you, if you need to start in an all women's class to feel comfortable starting, you should do that. If you are scared of being attacked by a man, you should eventually have to defend yourself against a man in one of these classes. And there's an old, I think it's a Marine saying, but it's like, what it, you will, you'll only, you fall to the level of your training, right? So like you need to train these situations in order to be there. You're absolutely right. There's no way. And you'll, you'll hear that time and time again, that you really never know how you're going to react. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're looking for martial arts, some of the, my ideal recommendation would be some form of jujitsu, like Brazilian jujitsu, especially it is very much a, an art that is designed to help you defend yourself against a larger attacker. Um, it can take years to get good at it. Right. So this is not a like solved by next week problem. Mm -hmm. Um, something like Krav Maga, there are often classes that, that is a that is often a quicker thing. They teach that to the Israeli military, and there are some very good moves in there that can be helpful. My general advice is fighting dirty is not a real thing. Um, go for the soft spots, like put your thumb in someone's eye socket. Like I'm like, and I I say that bluntly for a reason. Like it should be that it should be unpleasant. Like nobody should be happy about doing this shit. But yeah. somebody is like attacking you your thumb should try to reach their brain right mm -hmm. like we're get out and this is the other thing i'll teach you in self-defense class is like don't get taken to a second location get it like you're if that's where you are you're probably not going to be in good straits anyway so get out <laughs> that your best yeah. chance is to get escape and i actually do really like the the rid class it's a good awesome. one for like um that at least it's like the fact that it's often offered for free. It is fairly well backed by a lot of police officers and there are like different levels to it is really helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have to laugh because my, my husband, he did martial arts for a long time years ago. And, and he always says to me the same thing. I, what does he say? Eyes, nose, throat, and balls, like go yeah. for just as hard yeah. as you can, you know, do not worry about obviously don't worry about hurting the other person, just yeah, of course. go for it. Um, and then on your note about don't get taken to a second location, this was a tip given to me um, years ago that just stuck with me. You know, sometimes people say something that just sticks forever. And, um, and I believe it was a police officer who told me this, but I could be wrong. Anyway, the, the advice was if you're in a situation that makes you uncomfortable, you make that person uncomfortable, you know, as crazy as you need to be, do it. Um, and the oh example God. that was given to me was, I laugh, but this is not a laughing matter, but it was something along the lines of like, you know, um, start screaming things like, like I'll, I'll eat your girlfriend's eyeballs out with a dull spoon. Like I will, you know, just go nuts. And, and I had some <laughs> such good advice though, for crazy, real. Though. Right? But yeah. it's, it makes sense. Like um, I had some comments in, in a post I made on Instagram from other women who, um, had fathers who were police officers who gave them that advice and said, like, you know, if you have to like pee yourself or like, you know, like shit your pants or or, or mm -hmm. whatever you need to do to make yourself so make that other person so uncomfortable that they're going to back off, do it. You know, you you never want to like give in or and, and think that this person's going to take pity or sympathy on you because it's not going to happen. Um, right. So like, you know, scream your face off. Um, I, I've heard this advice. And, and again, I don't know how good this advice is, but another thing that stuck with me, um, don't necessarily yell for help, yell fire or yell something that's going to make people turn and look and um, whatever you need to do, like make a scene. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I've heard mixed stuff on the fire because people might yeah. run the other way, but like, that's yeah, you too. want people to look at you, whatever mm -hmm. it is. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, they'll often hear um, advice to children, like, they'll tell them that, like, I'm being abducted is, like, a, a good thing, because people often look at that more than, like, no, or something like that, right? right. So it's kind of the thing that you want, you want people to look at you, and whatever that might take, it might, yeah. like, 
scream the worst word you can think of. I don't care. Like have people look at you so that they're aware that something is happening. Exactly. Yeah. And I would rather, you know, personally look absolutely nuts and, and even risk like looking nuts in a situation where maybe I wasn't in the danger I thought I was, but I would rather that than hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I mean, it might even avoid the fight, right? Like this is a, it's a thing. Like I, I've not been in many altercations, but it is, it is pretty easy to get out of fight either by typically as a man, either typically by like buying someone a beer and just being like, I don't care. Here, just like go away. Mm-hmm. Or like saying some crazy shit. Mm-hmm. And because nobody wants to deal with that. Like it's just easier, right? Mm-hmm. Like make it make it harder for them to be there than not. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so another, you know, another very common piece of advice that um, I hope other people are, are putting out there. You know, we've seen, especially in the last week, endless products available, um, whether it is pepper spray, whether it's, um, you'd think I would remember all the names of these, but like, I've seen the the blades that go on the fingers, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, the, uh, the zap, well, I can't, come on, Brandon. Taser. The end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Taser, but it's called the zapper. Um, Yeah, the tasers. Yeah, or whether it's a firearm, guns. These things are useless to you, if not dangerous to you, if you don't know how to use them. Um, Absolutely true. You know, like on the on the most simplest end of it, like say you've got that that knife or blade on the end of your hand, and you don't know how to like properly throw that punch or do what you need to do, um, it's not going to work. If your pepper spray is in your hydration pack buried under like three gel wrappers, <laughs> you know, and something <laughs> happens, you're not going to be like, hold on, correct? I, hold on, let me dig this yes. out, you know? And then especially like with, if we're talking firearms, like you've got to know how to confidently and quickly use these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my recommendation there is practice, 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 practice. Having it alone is not enough. You've got to, whether you take that pepper spray outside and, you know, put some goggles on and make sure the wind doesn't blow it back and learn how far it sprays, learn yeah. how, how hard it, you know, how much pressure it takes to push down on the button for it to actually go. Um, all of these things you've got to practice and not just once or twice, but like make this a routine thing, make it a habit. Um, ever so, you know, every so often you need to make sure, uh, that you know what you're doing and that these items work. I mean, I won't lie. My husband probably still has, he had this can of bear spray (laughs) that he had when we met like 11 years ago, it's still kicking around here somewhere. And I'm like, I don't think this works. This is probably expired by now, but you know, that's, it's just those little things you have to think of. So, um, it's awesome that that women are arming themselves with whatever they choose to arm themselves with. But again, that's not enough. You've got to know how to use it. I agree. And I'm not going to, I'm actually not going to weigh in too much on what you should arm yourself with other mm-hmm. than one, if you're there's two things that they'll teach you in self-defense classes. One, if you're going to be out with it, you should know very well how to use it. If you mm-hmm. buy a gun or a knife or bear spray or whatever. I actually really like bear spray. Uh, It doesn't take a lot of aim. It is just fucking terrible to be hit with, (laughs) right? Like just to be, it's awful. Um, It it helps with bears. It tends to help with humans, Um, but you have to know how to use it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it is not helpful, Mm -hmm. right? So like go take a course if you need to, I don't care. And then two, whatever you have as a defense weapon, you should be prepared to be hit with. And this mm-hmm. is the thing they will teach you in self-defense. It's, it's a knife. You should be prepared to be cut. If it's a gun, you should be prepared to get shot. And that's not shot to death, but like stray things happen. You might get hit. And I definitely tell you this with a knife. It is very likely that you're going to get cut. You might do more damage to the other person. They still might slash, slash your arm or something. Right. And so this is a very likely scenario. If you use pepper spray, you might incapacitate the person, but your eyes are probably going to get red because that stuff does like flare. So mm-hmm. whatever you're going to use, you should be prepared to be hit with. And they do this to police officers in training. They spray them with pepper spray 
Hi, sorry, I'm not going to share this like super public on the podcast, but I had a friend who was trained to be a police officer and they sprayed him with pepper spray. And basically like you can't take a normal shower standing up. You have to be like bent over at 90 degrees because it will just rain down on the rest of your body. Oh. Um, so there's like 20 men in a shower basically in that. And there's a much more detailed version of that story. But it's very like, <laughs> it's a ridiculous thing that happens and they prep you to do it because you're probably going to get hit with it. So whatever you're carrying for self-defense, be at least mentally okay with the fact that that might be used against you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think it, it also boils down to comfort levels. You know, people could sit here and argue all day. What is the best form of self-defense? Like, you know, do you carry a gun? Do you carry a knife? Um, if you're not comfortable using it, you know, if you're apps, like, even if you know how to shoot the gun and, and you've taken all the courses, but you, ultimately don't want to use it and you don't use it, then it's, it's not helpful to you. So there, so yeah. there's no reason in that case to carry it. And I don't think I really, I really believe it boils down to personal comfort level there, you know? Um, so yeah. I'm with you in that. I will not sit here and tell anyone to carry anything at all. You know, if they don't want to, that's, that's their comfort level. And, and, you know, I don't think anyone's right or wrong to, um, to tell them otherwise, but I do think that, you know, we can sit here and tell people that if you don't know how to use what you are carrying, then that's, that's a problem. So Absolutely you've got true. to be comfortable with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and on that front, like, these are things that, this is one thing I definitely don't know. So I don't have any recommendations for something. Somebody asked, like, is there something equivalent to like tracker or life alert or something that if it goes if something goes wrong or whatever, like you could, you could pull the button, like one of those, you know, blue things on college campuses, or like I used to be into skiing, like we have Abbey beacons and that kind of stuff. Is there anything that can serve that purpose for you? Yeah, there's a lot of products out there. Um, I know I'll forget some, but just, you know, starting off the top of my head, you can start with Garmin alone. They have, you know, the sensors that if you fall or if there's like unexpected impact or something like that, they're going to go off. I'm pretty sure that they cool. there may be like a call button on there as well. Um, you've got your spot trackers. You know, a lot of people who do backcountry kind of stuff, they they make the mini ones now that are a lot smaller and you have your SOS button right there. Um, and you can set those like to whether, you know, are you calling um, like emergency services? Or are you calling your family at home or whatever? Um, I know that there are other products as well, but that's a that's a great um, great point that these are things that, you know, worst case scenario or not, let's say best case scenario, you accidentally hit it. Oh, well, you know, at least yeah. somebody is checking in on you. That's not a big deal. Um, you know, that's not something that's ever going to be used against you. So that's mm -hmm. a great, that's a great thing to have. And, and that kind of lends also to the whole idea of always making sure you tell people where you're going yeah. uh, when you trust, you know, you always want to tell somebody where you're going, when you expect to be back. Um, exactly where you're going. I mean, it feels like overkill, you know, especially when you go running five, six days a week to be sure. like, okay, you know, partner, here I go again on the same exact little route I do every day or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, but it's important oh, because sure. that one, yeah, if that one time you don't come back, they're not going, oh, gee, well, I, uh, I can guess where maybe she went. Um, I mean, sorry, like a lot of us yeah. are trail runners too. It's probably just safety in general, right? Like I don't, most of the time I'm around here and I'm, I'm probably less responsible as bad as, as I should be because I look like this. But like if we if I'm doing a trail run, I tend to go up into a canyon two miles that way where the entrance is. And then my cell service immediately doesn't exist. So when I'm going to go do my long run up there, like I tell someone that, hey, I'm going to go run pipeline for the next few hours. If you don't hear from me by 5 p.m., like something is wrong. I don't mm -hmm. know what, but something is wrong. Mm hmm. Yeah, and that's just a good thing for us to get in the habit of, like tell people where you're going to be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it, it takes two seconds out of your day and it could make the difference, especially. Yeah. Like you said, we can ignore human risk completely in this case when you're mm -hmm. when you're out running, whether, um, you know, you get lost. Who knows? Uh, you trip over a rock and break your leg and can't get out. There's yeah. so many situations that could happen. So it's it is a great habit to get into. Um, yeah. So, you know, the, the next thing talking about trackers is also being aware of things that track you that you might not want tracking you and that other people can track you with. And I know that's been a recent issue um, or a, a recent conversation with like Strava. Um, I'm one of those rare 
runners who doesn't use Strava. Sorry, Strava. It's not you. It's me. Um, me I neither. Just, I, I, me neither. I'm with Yeah. You. Yeah. You know, and it, that was something I kind of got uh, into the habit of not using when I started coaching because I just didn't want my athletes comparing themselves to what I was or wasn't, you know, and because I'll admit I'm a pain in the ass ultra runner. I would, I occasionally do things I shouldn't. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) So I I stopped using Strava and, and now I'm glad I did. I don't want anyone to be able to track me. Um, you know, I don't want people to see like, okay, every Tuesday around 10, she goes here or every Wednesday, you know? Um, so just be aware and there's multiple, services out there that you might not be aware are tracking you and that people could follow you on. So, so just kind of be aware of that as well. Um, Absolutely. And you don't need to be paranoid about it. Like I realize like it's, it's not that hard really. Mm -hmm. If somebody is really putting in the effort and Mm -hmm. most of the time they're not, and it's going to be fine. And like, there's some Strava data that will probably show you my old house pretty clearly and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. But like, and yes, you can obfuscate the entry point or whatever, buttons you can click but like somebody's really motivated it's just not that hard so exactly. be aware of that that's all mm-hmm. yeah yeah and the same goes for you know um the whole like and i've said it before uh, but telling people not to run the same route every day well the reality is you know we're a lot of us are very busy in life like yeah. you know we're moms we're dads we're employees we have responsibilities and we yeah. often have this one tiny window where we can run and this one route that is like maybe right from our house. And like, we can't, that's just when it's going to happen. And, yeah. and you can't avoid that. And so, um, you know, like I posted the other day in my list of things, like don't run the same route over and over. But then I thought about it. I was like, that's horrible advice because that's going to mean some people just aren't running or they're just not working out. I feel the it, same with the like, don't run in the dark thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's great advice. And in theory, but like, it's dark here from here in Utah and I, we're not even like as high as you can get in the States. Right. So like here in Utah in the winter, it is dark from like 4 30 PM to like 9 AM. Mm-hmm. When are you going to run? Like If that's your sport yeah. and granted, most people out here ski or do something. So it's not like your only option, but like, if you want to run outside, that's not going to happen for four months out of the year. If that's mm-hmm. your, if that's your, policy don't run in the dark exactly exactly and then you know if we look at the statistics um don't quote me on the exacts here (laughs) but i remember writing a blog post a while back and it was about you know what time of day do most random violent attacks occur not just on runners but in general just like acts it's not over it's not in the wee hours of the morning or it's not it at in the dark it's kind of like in the middle of the day you know so just um two days ago it was on the eight three days ago four days ago i don't remember it was sometime this week there was um there was an attack on a woman who was running in charlotte north carolina um a man pulled her off of a paved trail and apparently tried to pull her clothes off and rape her she got away thankfully but that happened at 11 a.m i mean you know in the middle of the day there was probably people around yeah so we can't be telling, you know, anyone, especially women, like, well, don't go out at 4.30 in the morning. Like, no, that's, it's, it's, you have to do what you have to do. And like you said, with the tracking, if somebody really wants to follow you or hurt you or anything like that, they're going to find a way. So you need to be prepared. Otherwise, you don't need to be paranoid. You just need to be prepared. Absolutely. Um, and like, I'll reiterate what I said in the beginning, like a lot of people are pointing out that both ends of this. This shit mm-hmm. happens all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And that said, it's still probably running at 3 a.m. is probably still safer than driving, mm-hmm. right? So like there's a risk to everything. Mm-hmm. The whole point of this podcast is to help you feel, learn some things to help you be safer and feel safer, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's dangers to everything and yet like you're never going to mitigate all of them. And yet we can do some things to make you be a little safer and feel a little more confident. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, another, you know, while we're on the topic of like devices, um, one that gets me a little frustrated is I see a lot of people talking about like, well, um, you know, where the, the bone conducting headphones, the, like Mm. the, I have a pair and I love, actually I have a couple pairs. I love them. They're great. 
But I think it's another thing that is um, kind of lulls us into a sense of security that sure. may be a false sense of security. I've absolutely had mine on. I'll admit it. I've had them on in my neighborhood, um, not even full volume. And someone came up behind me, you know, just on a bike. They weren't like nobody was out to hurt me, but they came by on a bike and it scared the crap out of me because yeah. I didn't. And I had those, you know, not on my ears. Um, bone conducting headphones on. So like, don't get lulled into thinking that one certain product or whatever is going to protect you or that these are okay. Um, you've got to be aware of your surroundings. And, and as a runner who enjoys like mentally checking out when I run, that's hard. It's hard. You know, it really is hard to do yeah. that, but um, just Not being sure. aware and, you know, trusting your gut instincts. Um, and like there, there's validity to those headphones. Like you can hear more. You're actually probably going to hear footsteps. Okay. Most of the mm -hmm. time. Um, but like I tend to wear with one, one earbud and I actually want to get some of those like uh, aftershocks, whatever they're called. Yeah. I haven't, haven't done it yet, but don't run with these either. For those who aren't <laughs> watching this, like I have like over the ear headphones. I saw some woman and this had nothing to do with her woman. It just was like, she was crossing the street with like over the ear headphones and almost got hit by a car. She didn't look first because she didn't hear it. Over the ear, like full full volume headphones are not safe any time of day. Um, mm -hmm. And if you're gonna wear headphones while you run, which I I do, I wear wear one earbud in. Like you're still probably going to be susceptible to hear not hearing bikes or something very well. Mm -hmm. right? Like there's a trail where I run with a ton of crickets, and it feels like here's exactly like a bike spoke, and there's no way I can differentiate those things constantly, especially with like a headphone in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's another thing that just boils down to safety in general. Like again, forgetting attacks from other humans. Um, I mountain bike a lot myself and our local trail is run and bike. And I cannot tell you the number of times I've come around a, a blind corner and here's a runner like, la la la, you know, and they, they've got their headphones on. They, they don't hear me. They don't even see me because they're yeah. looking down or around and I have to like, you know, um, thankfully I'm paying attention so that I don't hit them, but that's 100%. It's just not safe. So, yeah. you know, um, I, I always tell my clients, like if you're having one of those days where you need to mentally check out, put those noise canceling headphones on, get on a treadmill and just go to town, like, yeah. um, check out that way. But yeah, for the safety of yourself and others, it's just not, it's not the best idea to Agreed. be out there and unaware of what's going on. I also like, I leave for work at four or five in the morning it's very dark out um and some people run without any like in full black at the time of day mm -hmm. like on the road because they don't like running on the on the sidewalk and I have been scared like as the driver like holy shit there's a human yeah. like 10 feet in front of my car um this is a thing that like either choose the sidewalk or like wear some reflective clothing or some lights or something like just please be aware that like you're not visible I know you can see the car we can't see you yeah yeah that happens we go to the gym at like five in the morning same thing <laughs> yep. see it all the time you're like oh um yeah and most of the time it's like what it's one dude I like I see him every every week but it's just like come on man you scare me weekly. reflection that's all we need like reflectors you're good to go <laughs> no, yeah just a little bit I agree. Um, another thing that I had, had talked about with my community is um, more trail specific. And now the interesting thing that I've seen come out of the trail community in the last week is a lot of people, women especially, saying that they actually feel safer on trails, which is not what we would think, what most people would think. But as a trail runner myself, I get it. Um, you see less people out there, uh, you know, especially in some of these more remote places like our instinct might be that like, oh, well, you're in a remote area. How are you going to get to help? But the truth is there, there's not a lot of people just lingering in these remote areas. You know, they're probably only out there um, for the same reasons you are. Now, that's right. not to say it's super safe, you know, or that you should be lulled into a sense of um, security. But it is an interesting observation. But that said, um, one of the big things I recommend is, and this is for men and women, um, get comfortable with like land navigation, understanding how to read trails and like know how to get to safety if for whatever reason you get off trail. You know, whether that's you got lost or whether that's somebody chased you and you went off trail mm. to, to avoid them. Um, like there's so many kind of really basic tips that 
that if you know them, they can save your life, you know, like, like understanding how to kind of follow a stream, you know, that's going to bring you like to a bigger one to, to a river to, to get you somewhere else. Or, um, if, if it's a local trail system, like learn it. Um, my local trail system is not that big. Again, I'm in Myrtle beach, so we're not like the trail sure. capital of the world or anything, but but if I'm out there and something happened, I could tell you exactly from any given point how to get to safety, like whether cool. I have to cross over trails or, you know, and and that's obviously something that I learned over time. But um, I feel like, you know, we certainly rely on our, our phones and technology so much. And, you know, if you're out there and, and that doesn't work and you have to read a trail sign or, or a, a paper map or like, you know, <laughs> something like know how to know how to take care of yourself out there and how That's to get so back to safety. yeah um, i mean even even basics like here like most of the trails are somewhere on like that giant mountain right in front of my face and just head downhill like <laughs> you'll eventually end up foothills um if you're if you don't have that like very obvious note then we definitely need to have a little better idea of where the hell we are yeah so, yeah. And even little things like being able to look at the sun and be like, okay, it's kind of in this, mm -hmm. which means that this must be North and this must be South, you know, like these are, um, are things that most of us don't really know, but it's not that hard to learn. So, um, yeah. And this is, you know, I didn't really learn a lot of this until I got into adventure racing and my team decided I should be like the navigator. I'm like, okay. So, <laughs> but it's actually really helpful stuff. And so, um, I highly recommend that to people who run off on trails, um, more than they do on roads, like just kind of be really comfortable um, with that. And and especially if you're on a trail. Sorry for that very weird edit. Heather's uh, internet or my internet or something kicked her off the Zoom channel and we're back to it. So Heather, you're saying if you're kind of lost in a trail system, you just kind of need to know how to get out of it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just having um, these, again, another life skill that taking the human risk out of the um, equation, even just getting lost or in a storm or something like that. It's, it's helpful knowledge to have to kind of protect yourself. For sure. Um, I think that actually covers most of the stuff. I would say I had a couple questions about like hairstyles or clothing or anything that might be a thing. And I would, again, like to preface as I have in the past, I think you should be able to run naked and have it not be mm -hmm. an issue. Um, whereas that's just might not be the case that said it also is, you know, it's 115 in the Bay area last week. So, you know, maybe some ideas here. And when I say hairstyles, something that I, we've learned in some self-defense classes, ponytails are really easy to grab, whereas mm -hmm. like a tighter hairstyle, hairstyle, not so much. So what are, what are some ideas that you have that aren't going to like light the internet on fire yeah, that might yeah. kind of help you out? Um, yeah, I'm with you hundred percent in that, like women wear what you want, you know, a, a man, uh, I should say a person, anybody sure. is, they're going to attack you. If, if they are out to hurt somebody, they're going to hurt somebody, whether or not you're in a shirt or a sports bra. So That's it's so not true. like going out there and being like, Ooh, look at my skin is going to, is going to, you know, it's not like, I, it's not asking for it. Right. That's the not clearly fucking unhinged, right? Like it doesn't a little skin yeah. is not going to matter. The dude sucks. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. So wear whatever the hell you want. But that said, I know in self-defense classes, they will tell you that, you know, looser clothing is easier to grab onto. Um, as far as like the hair goes, I, ooh, I have a ton of hair. So I, you know, I do what I can and I get that ponytails are easier, but there are self-defense methods you can learn to get out of that like you know mm -hmm. I remember being taught if someone grabs my ponytail you literally I'm in an office chair so it's easy to do but like you start twisting just start yep. spinning around like like a cyclone and and that person's gonna lose their grip so again it's kind of like learning like how to get out of these situations if you find yourself in them um and that's why I highly recommend taking these courses because you take you totally learn tips that like who would have thought you know that that's something to do I would have never thought of that in the past but um yeah so I don't um I don't have any specific recommendations as far as clothing to wear or not to wear because I'm with you like wear what you need to wear to go running that's what you know what are you what are you comfortable in that's what you should be able to wear just also be aware that like if I, if I do wear a lot of loose clothing and, and somebody does attack me, how can I get out of this situation? Absolutely. I'd say like 
honestly, that's kind of what I was hoping to hear is that contrary to what some people might intimate, tighter clothing is actually better here. Mm -hmm. Right. So great. Perfect. Yeah. Um, they have touched most of the questions I had from people and thoughts I had. What am, what am I missing? Um, goodness. Yeah. I, you know, I think the, the takeaway here is that, um, this has happened before and this is going to happen again. I, I hate to think that, but it's the world we live in. And so when all of this dies down as it will, you know, something else is going to happen and the internet attention is going to go to another topic. Don't let your guard down on, on all of this safety, you know, whether mm -hmm. you're a, a man or a woman, like, um, at the end of the day, we can't control other people, but we are, we can control ourselves and we are our number one protectors. You know, you can't rely on anyone else. So you have to be, um, like your number one advocate and your number one protector. So just don't let this go out of your mind when we're all on to the next, you know, um, headline is, is I guess the kind of takeaway here, an and unfortunate one, but, uh, the reality of it. True. And you actually made this point before we got on and I just like to reiterate it, but it's very much yours where if you want to feel safe with something, you have to practice it just like you have to practice running. You have to practice strength training. Like these are skills that mm -hmm. you have to practice for them to actually work. And I guess one question that's been kind of floating around is, and I don't have a great answer to this. Um, what can we maybe do as a community to make this better because i'm a huge fan of trying to attack things from all angles right? mm -hmm. like I, th I think it actually is the way to go and i think we often end up in this either or situation where it's like oh people are going to suck so maybe we need to go this way or um if you're having self-defense this doesn't need to change and like i think maybe we need to try and make some changes systemically while also feeling and being safer from a practical yeah. standpoint. Any yeah. you know, particular thoughts on that? I do. And, and I'll try to like tiptoe on this one. Cause again, I, I, um, my thoughts are, are strong here, sure. but, uh, but you're like raising you know, two boys and stuff. Right? Yeah. And like like that's a, that's a thing you could probably, you know, absolutely. On it that has some fucking weight on it. <laughs> mm -hmm, absolutely. I mean, you know, like uh, on the most basic level, we can say like, and again, I'm going to call out men here, men, stop being assholes. Like, don't, don't, you may think it's innocent enough to just like check out a woman who, when she runs by or cat color or whatever, but that only adds to, to yeah. the discomfort for women. It's just not cool. And it only kind of like pushes this narrative that it's okay to to do that and like you know yeah. so where do we stop right so um obviously that's the most basic and and i've seen a lot of of men saying like like let's encourage other men to not do that and whatever and but ultimately like that's not the problem it's not men within the running community having to tell other men within the running community to stop attacking women that's not it we're talking like way bigger issues we have here like you said systemic issues we're talking mental health care we're talking you know um just like safety in in yeah. communities like and that's a whole nother um whole nother platform of like do we have appropriate police force i don't even know like i'm sure. not even gonna go that deep but what i will say is that what it boils down to is that you have to vote for what you believe in and like you've got to attack this on a community level if we have people you know getting attacked because there's not mental health care or whatever you may believe about like weapons or guns or whatever, like that's where you need to, that's where we yeah. need to attack it from. It's, exactly. this is not a, like in this instance, it's a, a runner who is the victim, but this is not like a running community problem. This is a, this affects people all, all in all different kinds of communities. So. Absolutely. And I would say mm -hmm. like from a, I guess address this on just even a like smaller but like very effective thing you see somebody being dickhead fucking call them out like and it doesn't even yeah. need to be super publicly right mm -hmm. like i as as an example um i'm going to make this as vague as humanly possible at the gym i often see men staring at women 
in ways that are creepy. Mm-hmm. And there are ways to look at other people in the gym that are not creepy mm-hmm. and ways that are very creepy. <laughs> like there is the like, oh, her form is amazing or, oh, she's attractive. And then there's the like leering look. It's mm-hmm. terrifying. Mm-hmm. And if you see someone do that, at the very least, like stare at that dude and let him know that he's being a fucking creep. <laughs> right? Yeah. And preferably say something, but I realize like not everybody's being comfortable with that. But call this shit out. <laughs> it's a thing we can do to like make this not acceptable. Exactly. It's it's the see something, say something, right? And we hear that all the time in in everywhere, really. But yeah. you know, you um like making it more running specific, if you see someone else who maybe looks uncomfortable um and you're not sure what the situation is like it's often our inclination to not get involved but don't don't be that part i mean a simple like are you okay like are you comfortable yeah or even if you don't want to get involved but your gut instinct is that something is not right call the police call security call whatever you know kind of um Mm -hmm situation or wherever you may be like my brain's going to like a campus or something but um make a call worst case scenario everything's fine but like you know you may save somebody's life that way so if you see something say something whether it's like you said uh, telling somebody like stop that's not cool don't do that or actually like you don't ever want to put yourself in a position where now you're unsafe as well right but but, um yeah, but like, don't ignore because yeah. you never know what may be going on. You can do a lot with eye contact too. Mm-hmm. Like, you can say, "Are you okay with eye contact?" Mm-hmm. Absolutely, like, absolutely. So, just don't normalize this shit. It helps, mm-hmm. and it's a slow process. I realize it's not going to fix it tomorrow, which is why we're also talking about the shit we can do in the meantime, right? Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, hit it from both ends. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on here. Thank you for having me. And, and, you know, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm not an expert in any of this, but I am, um, obviously I'm, I'm a runner, I'm a coach. I've been working with athletes for a long, long time. And so, um, and as a, as a female, I, I have been in situations, I have seen situations and, um, and I think that at the end of the day, you know, as much as we'd like this world to change, and I hope it does, um, it's not going to overnight, like you said. So we've got to take care of ourselves. Well, couldn't agree more. Thank you so much. I'm going to close this out, hang out for one sec. Thank you to anybody who listened to this. If anything on here would be helpful to anybody, please share with them. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the show. To be clear, I'm not a doctor nor a registered dietitian, and nothing you heard was medical advice. You should always speak with a qualified medical professional before making any changes to your training regimen. If you enjoy the podcast or found it useful, please take a couple seconds to give it a rating or share it with a friend. Every little bit helps. And if you want more of this information, please head to the Trail and Ultra Running Nutrition Group on Facebook. You'll be in good company with other like-minded people who like to do hard stuff outside.